The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me on this Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Today, I'll be talking about sickle cell with the coexistence of systemic lupus. That's right. Sickle cell neuropathy with diffuse proliferative lupus nephritis. So, you know what I want you to do? All the way from the United States to my friends across the pond, Ontario, Nova Scotia, British Columbia, Alberta, Quebec, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Get ready to grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to my listeners late at night. You know I appreciate you, so get ready to grab your favorite glass of wine and come on and join the conversation right here on my story living with lupus podcast Ophthalmology Associates, PC, Doctors Berman and Dr. Zuckerbrod, treating diseases of the eye and eye surgery. You can reach them at 313-341-3450. Thank you for joining me. You know, there are several chronic illnesses, or it may be more than that, but what I know of that don't get the recognition that they need and little to to few people know exactly what these diseases are. Now, I know you've heard the um, promo broadcast for um, Barbara Ann Carmano's 
um, cancer, breast cancer awareness. But for sickle cell anemia and lupus, these two chronic illnesses don't get enough recognition. Now, I'm talking about today is sickle cell coexistence with lupus and sickle cell neuropathy with diffuse proliferative lupus nephritis. Now, during this broadcast, you'll hear me mention words like proliferated or proliferative, which means increasing the numbers of similar forms. And you'll also hear me mention SCN, DPLN. SCN is sickle cell nephropathy. And DPLN stands for Diffuse Proliferative Lupus Nephritis. So, when you hear me mention SCN, sickle cell nephropathy, or pro proliferative lupus nephritis, DPLN, or SCD, sickle cell disease, you'll know what I'm referring to. So you ready to get started? So come on, let's get started. Sickle cell is a disease which affects the majority of African Americans, just as lupus affects women of African American descent. Now, the structure of the red blood cells in sickle cell is abnormal with sickle cell when the O2 that is oxygen level is low, it's because it, well, I shouldn't say it's because it becomes a crescent shape. That red blood cell becomes crescent shape when you, the oxygen level is low and it blocks the narrow pathways, which equals no blood flow or O2 cannot get into places it needs to get into. Now, there is a genetic component, which simply means it is passed down through a parent. Now, my sister has the sickle cell trait. She passed that trait on to her oldest son, my nephew. Now, if my nephew was to marry a female who had the sickle cell trait, 
in turn, and they had a child, that child would wind up with sickle cell anemia. Just as with lupus, research has stated that lupus is a genetic and environmental factor. But lupus is a complex disease and is most dominant in women of childbearing years. Now, sickle cell anemia is one of the group of disorders known as sickle cell disease. Sickle cell anemia is an inherited red blood cell disorder in which there aren't enough healthy blood cells to carry oxygen throughout your body. Now, I've heard of individuals with sickle cell go through what I call a flare where their whole body is in pain. Now, normally, the flexible, round, red blood cells move easily through blood vessels. But in sickle cell anemia, the red blood are shaped like sickles or crescent moons. These rigid, sticky cells can get stuck in small blood vessels, which can slow or block blood flow and oxygen to parts of the body. There's no cure just like lupus. There is no cure for most people with sickle cell anemia, but treatments can relieve pain and help prevent complications associated with this disease. Stay with me. When we return, we'll go further into it. All right, and we're back. Now, sickle cell disease and systemic lupus erythematosus are two distinct chronic conditions sharing many clinical manifestations. Coexisting of these two diseases is rare. But it is important to make the diagnosis of SLE in sickle cell patients to initiate appropriate treatment and limit the risk of complications. High titers of autoantibodies have been reported in sickle cell patients as well as a higher risk of immune deficiencies. These patients present a defective activation of the alternative pathway of the complement that increases the risk of infection and bacteria and a difficulty 
in the alternative um, difficulty in eliminating, excuse me, antigens that could predispose to autoimmune diseases. You know, there have been reports of three cases of children with sickle cell disease. They developed symptoms initially attributed to sickle cell disease, but after investigation revealed an underlying condition of systemic lupus erythematosus. Now, lupus and sickle cell are two diseases that turn the body against itself. You know, our immune system usually works to fight off invaders like bacteria and germs. But with lupus, the immune system attacks healthy tissue instead, causing joint pain and other symptoms. Five million people struggle with lupus and it can be deadly. Normal blood cells are round and flexible, but people with sickle cell, as stated before, have the crescent-shaped cells that can get stuck in blood vessels and block the flow of O2. And this causes severe pain in the extremities along with other complications. So basically, um, patients who are in a sickle cell crisis and patients who are in a lupus flare, though the two diseases may be similar, but they're separate. But both feel, well, I should say we both feel, or all of us feel the same pain, whereas where if it's a lupus flare or if the individual is in a sickle cell crisis. Now, sickle cell neuropathy is an important cause of mortality in patients with sickle cell disease. SCN includes hematuria, necrosis, urinary concentrating defect, impaired renal, and potassium excretion. Incidence of renal failure in SCD ranges from 5 to 18%. SCN associated with diffuse proliferative lupus nephritis, better known as what? DPLN, is a rare entity. You know, both of these diseases or illnesses, I just hate using the word disease, are similar but yet separate. And there needs to be 
more awareness for sickle cell. And it needs to be more awareness with lupus. Sickle cell and lupus, there is documented studies where these both of these conditions coexist. You know, I just stated um, a few facts of it. You look in the description box of this podcast, you will find information that you will be able to read further into this subject. But it needs to be more awareness and more fact-based knowledge regarding sickle cell and the coexistence of systemic lupus. When we return, you'll hear the latest in healthcare news. So stick with me. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. Hey. Have you guys heard of the hallucinogen um, psilocybin? That's psilocybin. P-S-I-L-O-C-Y-B-I-N. Do you know what it is? Well, you're getting ready to find out with the latest in healthcare news. And this is coming directly from MedPage today. Can magic mushrooms measure up to SSRIs for depression treatment? Hmm. Psilocybin, a.k.a magic mushrooms failed to improve symptoms of depression over a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor SSRI in a 59 patient phase 2 trial. Though the study's leaders are not ready to give up on the hallucinogen. Now, at six weeks, psilocybin did not have a significantly greater effect on symptoms of moderate to severe major depressive disorder compared with the SSRI Lexapro. As measured by mean change from baseline on the 16 item quick inventory of depressive symptomatology self-report with a between-group difference of 2.95% 
reported Robin Carhart Harris, Ph.D. of Imperial College, London and colleagues. However, secondary outcomes show psilocybin potential for the future of depression treatment. They noted in the New England Journal of Medicine. The psilocybin group received two 25-milligram doses of the drug in capsules forms three weeks apart plus daily placebo for six weeks. Those assigned to, um, to the group were given two doses, one milligram of psilocybin, three weeks apart, which researchers presume to have a negligible effect, plus 10 milligram doses of the SSRI daily, increasing the dosage to 20 milligrams by the end of the trial. In order to standardize expectations, all participants were told that they would be receiving psilocybin without knowing the amount they were given. Mean age of participants were 41. 34% were women and almost all were white. At baseline, the mean scores on the QIDS SR16 were 14.5 for the psilocybin group. The change from the baseline to week six was a negative 8.0. The psilocybin group and was 6.0 for the other group, which was... I'm trying to Lexapro. That was for the Lexapro group. Now, 16 secondary outcomes were measured, including QUIDS, QIDS, SR16 response, defined as a reduction in score of 50%. Researchers found that QUID's SR16 response occurred in 70% of the patients in psilocybin group compared to 48% of those in the Lexapro group, with a between-group difference of 22 points. Carthart Harris and team noted that other secondary outcomes generally favored psilocybin over Lexapro, but the analysis were not corrected for multiple comparisons. But for Carhartt and Harris, Carhartt-Harris, I'm sorry, this is an understatement to say the least. This paper takes a very conservative approach to the data. So, That information will also be in the description box of this podcast so you can read further into 
psilocybin versus Lexapro. Stay with me. When we return, I'll be telling you more about my visit today with the rheumatologist. So stay with me. You know what? Before I go, I want to tell you about my visit on Thursday with my rheumatologist. You know, I hate it when you have a set appointment at 10 o'clock, but you don't get in to the exam room until 10.45, and then you don't get out of the exam room until 11.30. But anyway, um, if there was no blood work needed at this time because the gastroenterologist and the nephrologist had ran blood work, he had asked me, the rheumatologist, what has been going on lately. He's saying that I was in the dermatologist's office for a rash. And I told him, yeah, uh, and oral ulcers, but that has subsided. And I told him that I broke out in another rash uh, about a week ago, but I still had the um, medication that the dermatologist had ordered and he said well what's going on with your stomach and I explained to him and he pulled the records and he said um I want to see you back in a couple of months um after your procedure so we can see what exactly was going on my question to him do you think that the lupus um, is attacking um, the internal organs again? And he said, I don't want to say, but um, he said, looking over the last what, three procedures I had regarding my stomach, it is an issue, he stated. And I said, I already know that. And he asked me, was I okay? And I told him everything would be just fine. And yes, I am okay. So it was an uneventful visit with the rheumatologist. You know, the, the, the norm. It was just the norm and um, my vitamin D levels, he stated are really low, so I have to pick up a prescription for that on this Friday. Um, so I can start taking vitamin D once a week and then I'm gonna repeat it when I come back to, to see him. But, I thank you so much for joining me on this episode of My Story Living with Lupus podcast. I 
am, and I usually don't complain, but I am extremely tired. And um, this kind of tired is unexplainable. Also, um, um, I would just like to, to leave you with this. Whenever you find yourself doubting how far you can go, just remember how far you have come. Remember everything you have faced, all the battles you have won, and all the fears you have overcome. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. I'm Susan Hendricks for my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. Have a most peaceful, positive, and oh so blessed weekend. And stay safe, you guys. Um, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, Instagram. Um, just look me up and follow me because I will be doing updates and posting it to my IG page, which is I am lupus and the other IG page, my story living with Lou, L-U. So check me out. I'll see you guys next week.